Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And the DVE Morning Show. It's five minutes after six at DVE. Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast. It's brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. We'll see a mix of clouds and some sunshine throughout the day today. Just a stray shower, high of 78. Showers developing tonight and then lingering off and on into the day Thursday. 62 overnight tonight, high temperature Thursday, only 70 degrees. I'm Scott Harbon, Severe Weather Center 11. It's 61 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Hurricane Irma is gone, but Florida is struggling to cope with the flooding the storm left behind. Governor Rick Scott said yesterday that floodwaters cover many areas no one thought would have flooded. A FEMA official says Irma destroyed about a quarter of the houses in the Florida Keys. State officials say millions of homes and businesses are still without power and nearly 100,000 are still in shelters. And celebrities raised millions with a fundraising event to help America's hurricane victims. Hand in Hand, a benefit for hurricane relief, was seen live last night on all the major networks and featured celebrities from music and movies and TV. TV. Stevie Wonder kicked off the event with a live performance of Lean on Me and opening remarks were given by Jamie Foxx and Leonardo DiCaprio. Matthew McConaughey gave an emotional plea for help live from San Antonio, not far from where Hurricane Harvey caused historic flooding. Oprah, Cher, Reese Witherspoon, all sharing real-life stories of hurricane victims. Beyonce made a statement about climate change and Justin Bieber led a group in prayer. The hurricane relief benefit reportedly raised over $40 million. You can still give to that effort by going to handinhand2017.com. The Allegheny County Airport Authority, uh, or Aviation Authority rather, is unveiling its vision for the future of Pittsburgh International Airport. The more than $1 billion plan previewed yesterday includes replacing the current landside terminal with a new one built closer to the airside terminal. The plan also calls for the airside terminal to be modernized. Allegheny County officials say the needs of the airline industry, technology, and security are all changing, making it more cost-effective to replace the landside terminal rather than overhauling the current facility. Have you been to the new airport? You mean since they opened yeah, it? Yeah, since for they they put all shopping? the Yeah, all the shop. It looks like you're in like the Bellagio or something like that. Yeah. It's like the most beautiful floors I've ever seen in my entire life. They have all the high-end shops, but then you go down and it's like, you know, 1992 upholstered uh <laughs> chairs. chairs. So they yeah. could use some update in there. That's going to be weird to see how they do all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they're going to get rid of that landside building. You're going to drive right up to between C and D terminals and get off. And I, I don't know. Have you guys seen the uh, mock-up for what they're planning to I do? I didn't see it yet. It's very futuristic looking. And while I understand that it, there are updates that need to be made there, specifically for security, like they're not going to be up to federal code, apparently. <laughs> so Seems like that'd be important. Yeah. yeah. So I, I get that they, they're going to need to do that. Um but all I can think of is how it's going to inconvenience me over the course of the next few years <laughs> as they're doing construction and how I have my my run to the airport down. And now this completely throws a wrench into it because there's there's going to be a variable, uh, which I, I have never allowed myself of, you know, potentially 10 to 15 minutes of waiting around. 
Yeah, now you now you're gonna have to fight mall traffic too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Psychologists have discovered that the quality of your sex life is determined by your mindset and attitude. People who have what is called a growth mindset are more likely to have more fun in the sack. The idea is to believe you can change your sex life for the better, and it will get better. It's all about the attitude and the belief that things can change and you can improve. Uh, They say if you have this optimism, good things will happen between the sheets. Oh, so just have a growth mindset. Just have a ro- a rosy outlook so you don't have to have a rosy palm. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be like Eeyore in bed. <laughs> Thanks for noticing. Ooh. <laughs> Thanks, Bear. A woman arrested for possession of drugs was hiding something much more dangerous in her lady parts. Police in Illinois stopped 21-year-old, uh, 20-year-old Amica Witt for speeding and discovered heroin and ecstasy in her car. She and an acquaintance were placed under arrest and transported to the county jail. During the intake process, an officer gave Witt a strip search and discovered a 380 caliber pistol hidden <laughs> in her lady gun safe. Wow. Uh, the gun had a fully loaded clip and a bullet in the chamber. What? In addition to narcotics charges. A bullet charges, in the chamber. She's also facing felony weapons charge. My question to her would be like, okay, what happens if you're actually in danger? What's your next move? Are you like Wyatt Earp, like quick on the draw with that thing? Is that your, you Start know, doing Kegels are- and start clearing <laughs> <Yeah>. the room. <laughs> I mean, a gun is not a small object. No. <laughs> well, maybe, I don't know. Maybe she's marsupial-like in that area. <laughs> she has a pouch. She's got, yeah. I I just, again, gun safety, folks, you know. That doesn't seem like uh, uh, what they would teach you. No, I don't think they teach you to put it there. Glass. Uh-uh. CBS will air a special celebrating the 50th anniversary of The Carol Burnett Show on December 3rd. The two-hour event will feature original cast members Carol Burnett, Vicki Lawrence, and Lyle Wagoner, as well as special guests Jim Carrey, Kristen Chenoweth, Stephen Colbert, Jay Leno, and Martin Short. Harvey Corman, uh, he is dead. Tim Conway, though, still alive, so not sure why he's not included. I don't know if he's in poor health or not. Oh, uh, that's but, a drag. yeah. Yeah, he... Anything that I read said that he was not going to be uh, involved with this, but that's going to be on December 3rd. I have no sense. Do you think the Carol Burnett show kind of gets lost in the shuffle with all, like, the the old important shows? I mean, I know they have their – it has, their, like, you know, the PBS, uh, I you know, masterpiece Carol- collection and everything. But show. it seemed like it was really pretty groundbreaking, and still – I still watch some of the infomercials and think the sketches are funny, which yeah. this should be a, a feather in its cap. They, yeah, I mean, the pedigree of that show is without question. And Tim Conway just came out of nowhere and became you know, the funniest guy on television for, for a few years there. But they definitely were the, the first show that really allowed the actors to break mid-sketch and kept, and kept it mm-hmm. and found that that was as funny and authentic. I think like a lot of times SNL, when a sketch was going bad, they start laughing. Uh, right. You know what I mean? Kind of like, let's help it along. But there was things going on where Tim Conway was ne- – Tim Conway never broke. And, I mean, he always <laughs> made Harvey Corman laugh. And you're just kind of, like, marveling at how funny those two could be together. And it seemed to me to be really authentic. Like, Harvey Corman was really trying to utilize his skills as an actor to not break. But he just couldn't. Well, that's why I always think the old roasts were so much better is because you could tell that they were friends. Like, and I feel like the Carol Burnett show kind of had a little bit more of that feel to it 
you know, SNL, you sort of feel like they're in different writers' rooms and they'll all come together yeah, for a sketch. But together. the Carol Burnett show, there was a warmth there that I think people probably liked. And that was her, too. I mean, she came from that old school, like the Gary Moore show, and and was like an old school sketch, you know, post-Vaudeville mm-hmm. type of uh, um, uh, mindset. And I, she's just such a nice, likable, yeah, funny she was, person. She was just, she just had a darling personality. To the point where Vicki Lawrence wins a Carol Burnett lookalike and like impersonation contest, and uh, Carol Burnett hears about it and sees her, and she's like, "She's great," <laughs> and like puts her on the show. And then she had a spinoff show, Mama's Family. Yeah, which that I I was not a fan of that. Not that was me the, either. That was the one sketch I, I always didn't thought like. they were. I literally always thought they were the same person until like two years ago. So <laughs> she was doing a great job with the impersonation, right? Jean-Claude Van Damme's son, Nicholas Van Varenberg, was arrested on Sunday in Arizona after he allegedly held his roommate at knife point. Police say they received a call from a neighbor who said the muscles from Brussels' 21-year-old son punched the elevator in his building. Would you really call police over that? For punching the elevator? Yeah. If a Van Damme did, I want to make sure that it's safe. If I was trying to get on the elevator, then yeah, I probably would. <laughs> when officers arrived, they found a trail of blood leading to his apartment. After speaking to him, they discovered that he did, in fact, injure his hand. But <laughs> after everything seemed okay, police left the apartment. 20 minutes later, his roommate ran downstairs and told police that he had escaped the apartment where he was being held at knife point. He told them Van Varenberg was angry at him for opening the door for police. So police did arrest Van Varenberg for assault with a deadly weapon, unlawful imprisonment, marijuana possession, and possession of drug paraphernalia. Do you ever think elevators sit around and just think, what did we do to college students? Like, why are you mistreating us in such a terror? Like, you're puking on us, you're punching us and everything like that. What what, what have we done as elevators to, to you? We make your life better. Did you ever think about how you never thought about the integrity of an elevator when you were younger? That you'd yeah, be willing you to jump on. up and down yeah. and try to make it shake and do all, you know. Oh, a friend of mine got busted for uh, riding the top of the elevator at State College in one of the apartment buildings. Oh, yeah. See, that's dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Not not real smart. Very dangerous. <laughs> but when it comes to Van Damme, I mean, I always go back to the Predator story. I think, did we talk about it during one of the hours you were here? I don't remember. You know, Jean-Claude Van Damme is, uh, was the original Predator. So when they go to film the movie oh, Predator, yeah, yeah. Jean-Claude Van Damme was originally wearing the Predator suit. <laughs> Except he still, he was like when Arnold first came over, his English was still a little rusty. He didn't understand that he'd be wearing like CGI type stuff, you know, to like enhance, like he had to wear a suit and then they had to wear like a pink thing. Like foam rubber and yeah. yeah. And so he's like, well, how am I going to, you know, kickbox everybody? And they're like, you're not, you're a predator. And he's like, no, but like, I'm, I'm going to kickbox, right? They're like, no. And so all he did was fight with the director about, and here's where I will kickbox him. And they're like, there's no effing kickboxing. You're the predator. And he ended up quitting over it. And, and there's a hilarious um, podcast about it from one of the uh, people that worked on the movie about how, I think it was like three weeks or four weeks, Jean-Claude Van Damme, they started filming. And he was such a pain in the ass because he, he insisted the predator should kickbox. And they're like, that's not what he is. And he's like, well... Yes, I this think is what my agent sold me on. <laughs> right. Okay, why, why? we are a race of roundhouse kicking ninja warriors. Why would you get muscles from Brussels and not have him kick? 
Uh, clouds and sun today, upper 70s for the high. It's 60 now at DVE. You know, normally uh, I might go on a day like today for the old school one, but we have to go for a happy uh, uh, Mr. Wednesday theme song today. It's uh, Jeff Conkle. Mr. Wednesday, there we go. we're giving you the Japanese yeah, the K-pop uh, band Paspo with their Mr. Wednesday song. I love this song. It's actually pretty catchy. Oh, yeah. My favorite is the Friends one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go, Mr. Wednesday. <laughs> it takes 30 seconds to get there, but we get there eventually. Congratulations, buddy. Yeah. yeah. A daddy once again. Procreated. Two-time. Two-time. <laughs> There's two little conkles running around Two little now. conkles. And uh, this one, Casey? Casey. 10 pounds? 10.4 pounds. So all you Ooh. women out there probably just wiped some flop sweat off your brow <laughs> just even thinking about that. 10 pounds. How long was the delivery? Not that long, but it was funny because my wife, like her whole family has gigantic children. They, they're all nine, 10 pound. All her cousins had 10 pound kids. Her sister had 10 pound kids. So when we were getting kind of close to the due date, my wife was telling like the nurses and stuff like, listen, this kid's going to be huge. And they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, whatever. I'm sure it'll be fine. Well, once, once he started peeking out there, the nurses were just like, Jiminy Christmas, look at the size of this orca. Like, get him out of there. So it was funny. They were all, like, the nurses were like, they were calling them like, Janet, Janet, get in here. you got to see this thing. So that was making me feel pretty good. But, yeah, everything everything went fine. Everybody's healthy. So we're, we're all happy about that. Did you feel like uh, a grizzled veteran? Like, uh, like, I already did this one time. The miracle no of birth is just another day for me now. A little bit. Like, I, I, I sort of talk about, like, I, the first, my first son, I was really super nervous about. And, like, you know, these doctors, they they literally do this like seven times a day. They see the miracle of life happen as many times as you guys take right. commercial breaks, yeah. basically. <laughs> like, that's how rote it is for them. So the guy comes in, and I'm, like, totally nervous. My wife's having, you know, contractions, and uh, he comes in. He's just like, hey, what do you say, Dad? You gonna, uh, you going to get in there and cut the umbilical cord? And I was like, have you done any research on me? Like, I need my dad to put the earthworm on the hook when we still go fishing. Like, I'm not cutting an umbilical cord. But then second time around, it was like, whatever. Like, no no problem whatsoever. Uh... I need my dad to bait the hook. Uh, well, that's, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm super happy for you. I can't believe that, like... One day you had one kid, the next day you have two kids. That it still happens that quickly. It just how's blows the, me away. How's uh, your son reacting to the new baby? Uh, little, little bit of a pullback you yeah. know, in, in terms of maturity. I mean, he's only two and a half, so I don't know how mature he can be. But like, he's he's now saying like when when I put him to bed, he wants tucked in like a baby, yeah. and like all this kind of stuff. But he he he's reacting pretty well. When we first took him home, we knew that my older son might react badly to it mm -hmm. and he's been such a sweetheart beforehand like he's the sweetest little kid very sensitive and everything like that and we brought him home you know there was all this commotion we had to pick him up from my parents house bring him back home bring him to the hospital then you know everybody gets settled in and as soon as we brought him home he was just being a little turd like <laughs> the whole day and he was being mean like he was throwing stuff he was telling his mom no like i don't want to see you and all this kind of stuff and my wife you know, maybe it's the postpartum chemicals, you know, leaving her brain. But she just thought, like, 
I now had a new baby, and there goes my old one. Like, he's not the same anymore. My old, sweet little ch- little child, right. my uh-huh. first kid, he's not going to be the same. He'll never be the same. I'll never have it back. So she's, like, crying, you know, softly. I'm starting to get emotional because I was like, where did my nice, sweet boy go? Yeah. Yeah. And then I look at my wife. I was like, hey, did you give him lunch? <laughs> And I, she was like, no. And I was like, well, it's like th- it's like 3.45. So it's, well, he hasn't eaten since breakfast. And she's like, no. And I was like, oh, my God. So it was just a total blood sugar drop that was responsible for it. So he's totally fine right now. Oh, well, that's good. We were, we were really making a mountain out of a molehill with that one. Oh, that's hilarious. One yogurt pouch, and he was back to normal. So, so there was no, he wasn't, like, asking, when is, it, when is Casey going back? When no, are you taking him back? No, not yet. I was like, when little kids do that. When, is, when's, he, when's he leaving? No, oh, he's he, not. No, he's very Never. nice with them, but you can tell he kind of still tries to test his limits a little bit. Like when we're not in the room, he does the little nose boops, <laughs> but he does it kind of like, you know, he doesn't do it gentle. He's kind of, it's like he's pressing a doorbell sort of thing. Like, so I, I'm just, we're not quite ready to leave him totally alone with the, the baby yet. <laughs> well, congratulations, man. Uh, that is exciting. great news, Thank certainly. You. And I'm sure this will uh, be fodder for uh, comedy for you for years to come now. Yeah, well, it's tough, especially with delivery room. You guys have heard Bill Crawford's delivery room material, and it's half the halfway through my wife's delivery, I was like, I got nothing because Bill has covered this in such (laughs) gold standard territory that I can't even I can't even write anything. We'll uh, we'll we'll take a quick break. We're going to come back, Mike. Proceeded with your sports. We're getting set for next Sunday's game: Steelers Vikings, the home opener for the black and gold and good news on the Stefan to front. Michael get you updated when we return. This TV. report brought to you by enjoy free admission this Sunday at Carnegie museum of art and natural history. There is a mulch fire in North Fayette on Kelso road near route 22. Expect uh, congestion in that area of Val Porter DVE total traffic. Mr. Tire didn't invent tires, but he's really good at making sure you get the best deals. Like right now, save up to $120 on four select Goodyear, Yokohama, or Michelin tires. Plus, get an oil change for just $14.99 when you pay with your drive card. Mr. Tire, we're your guy. Oh, my. Air conditioning problems. Contact Southside Plumbing and Heating at SouthsidePLUMB.com. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta. Your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. What's going on? Sports is brought to you by Stevenson Law Offices. Mike Tomlin meeting the media yesterday, as he does on Tuesdays, and he said uh, there's a chance Stephon Tuitt plays on Sunday That's against amazing. Minnesota. That's crazy. crazy. Don't know uh, the likelihood yet. Got to get through practice, but that certainly suggests it will be sooner rather than later. And uh, Pretty man, significant turnaround, huh? Huge break for the Steelers early in the season. When you consider the Patriots have already lost Julian Edelman, the Kansas City Chiefs have already lost Eric Berry. And, uh, well, it was it was reported uh, in the wake of that Cleveland game that the Steelers had lost Stephon Tuitt for uh, the entirety of the season. But not the case. You might see 91 out there against Minnesota, and you, they might need him. Man, I watched that Minnesota-New Orleans game uh, Cook last can do night them some dynamic things. I, I guess what we're going to find out Sunday is whether the Vikings are that good or the Saints were that bad. Because Sam Bradford was just throwing darts. I think we have 380 yards or something like and that. And just, you know, dropping the ball perfectly in stride, per, in the perfect spot between over the corner in front of the safety, right where it needed to be. Uh, and that Vikings, running back is dynamic. Dalvin Cook from Florida State, uh, great front four in Minnesota. 
But uh, they're going to have to get some heat on Sam Bradford, as uh, John Gruden was emphasizing and emphasizing and emphasizing. When Bradford gets time, he can be as accurate as anybody in the business. So got to get to the QB, as always. Uh, Mike Tomlin also talking about penalties yesterday. Steelers had 13 of those for 144 yards in their win over Cleveland to open the season. Tomlin said uh, that uh, the expectation is to have zero pre-snap penalties. They only had one of those. That was a delay game penalty against Ben Roethlisberger. But uh, five holdings among the 13 penalties. Uh, offense, defense, and special teams all held. And uh, Mike Tomlin said, quote, it's reasonable to expect our technique to be more consistent, our hand placement to be more consistent, our footwork to be more consistent. In- With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Doing so naturally, you play cleaner, you get less holding penalties, and so forth. So, you know, first game stuff, I think, before uh, we uh, ring the undisciplined team bell, let's see what they do against Minnesota and if they get better. This is part of the sometimes violent transition from preseason football. Mm, to re- hey, well, I mean, hey, wow, that guy's going faster. You know, like, I better grab him before he runs. Wow, these guys are trying, you know. like Haven't been there in a while, so I'm, I'm going to give them – first games are not, to me, to be picked apart as uh, – Complete examples of what your team's going to look like. A lot. Uh, well, lot's I don't think change. anybody thinks that. Okay. Um, but I think that when the starters don't start in preseason, it's this weird thing. People don't want them to start. Yes. Fans don't want to see them. And I don't, I'm, <laughs> right. I'm right with them on that. I, and me too. I wouldn't play anybody that I think is critical. And then uh, when they have uh, you know some uh, growing pains in the first game, everyone's like, "Well, this is what happens." Look how rusty he <laughs> yeah. looks. I think you're probably, you know, you're thinking about Le'Veon Bell there, obviously, right? No, I, I, I think that even, uh, you know, people who were at camp, you know, Steeler fans, one of the gripes I saw over and over was, oh, well, maybe Tomlin, if he knew what he was doing, uh, he would have put these guys in for a full half, you know, for a couple of games straight so they could get some rhythm. It's... Until they get hurt. Oh, right, they would have right. screamed you lose Bloody Pouncey Mary. For the season and then, yeah. Right. The, the, the Le'Veon Bell thing to me, it's not that he wasn't playing in the games. It's that he wasn't at camp. He wasn't at practice. He wasn't in the meetings. He wasn't with the team. To get that rhythm going. Now I think you're seeing the, the consequences that have been so regularly discussed since they got to Latrobe. What will those be? How will, you know, what will be the fallout from that? I think you saw it against the Browns. Mike Tomlin doesn't want to talk about that anymore. He said, quote, you can sing that Le'Veon Bell camp song all you want. I'm done with it. And he can be done with it, but the Steelers are not. Bell is not. And I'm not either. Um, The the lasting take to me from the Browns game in terms of how uh, Le'Veon Bell was positioned to succeed, what they thought of him was they took him out when they went to the four wides, one tight end, spread him out, and throw it all over the field approach which got him the touchdown late in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. And if he's such a great receiver and such a dual threat, why wasn't he on the field then? Because right. he wasn't performing in the passing game, or so they thought. So they went with somebody else. And two of those guys included Juju Smith-Schuster, a rookie, and Jesse James. So that's where Le'Veon is right now. He's behind those guys when they want to throw the ball. Yeah. 
That's that's where he was on Sunday. I don't think that's where he is now, And even two days of practice later. That's not where they'll need him to be. But, again, first game, so let's not not go berserk. Uh, But, boy, man, was I impressed with Minnesota. And, again, it could be New Orleans is wretched. Uh, I think they are, but still. And Vikings were home. Now they'll be on the road. Be a little different. What uh, defensively, uh, the Vikings? Front four, tremendous. So tremendous front four. So the offensive line has a work cut out for him. Where I'm nervous is I didn't think the secondary, for all of the changes that have been going on uh, so recently back there, I didn't think they were uh, even close to where we want them to be. I would agree with you. And, uh, uh, you know, I didn't think they were horrid. No, but for a rookie quarterback, he certainly. Yeah. I also think. Deshaun Kaiser is going to be a very good player in this league. Me too. But that was but his he's a first game. He missed a lot of throws. He was late on a lot of throws. Uh, the one that, that sticks out is the sideline ball. Yeah. He just kind of drifted out of bounds. I think it was to Lewis. Open. Should have been a touchdown. Yeah. And is the that guy, the one where the guy got behind Hayden? Well, he got behind Hayden, but maybe the help was late too. So I don't want to put that all on Hayden. There was supposed to be help over the top. I don't know that for a fact, Bill, but it looked like Hayden turned and was kind of playing the, the shorter half of the field. He didn't look like he was sprinting with the guy as if he expected something. Uh, safety, I think it was Mitchell, was coming over. I don't know if he was late on the read or uh, whatever. The play should have been a touchdown. If Sam Bradford's throwing that ball Monday night against the Saints, they're celebrating in the end zone and the horn's going, woo-hoo! Right. You know, <laughs> he was just throwing darts. I, I, it's funny, the first quarter and a half, I was I was watching it and uh, all he was doing was throwing sideways, shallow cross, short dump stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, that's why he completed so many passes. They didn't try. Then they started going down the field and he was surgeon like. So the, it's the receivers. Uh, 14. Stephon Diggs caught every type of ball you could imagine uh, near the sideline, getting the feet down, getting smashed, uh, and still holding on to the ball, getting interfered with, and still catching the ball. He had a huge night. Bradford was really good, and then they ran Cook late. And uh, put the game away with him running the ball. That's kind of how you're supposed to do it, right? Pass to get the lead, run the win. Yeah, I mean, this isn't a scrub team. They were set up to be a contender last year when Bridgewater got hurt for the entire season. And then the other point that Gruden kept making uh, was that Bradford got there so late. It was almost an untenable situation. And now he's been there. He's been in the offense. He can change plays at the line of scrimmage. He can change protections. He can change things and, and use his experience better than he could a year ago. So it's going to be. Uh, he looked in control. Yeah, didn't he? That's a great way to describe it. He looked like he was just in charge. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Uh, Steelers and Vikings Sunday at Heinz Field. Penguins were out at Allegheny Country Club yesterday. It's their uh, annual golf tournament before they go to training camp, which they do on Friday, by the way. Oh. And uh, they're going for a third straight Stanley Cup championship. Justin Schultz said they'll be every bit as hungry. For number three is uh, they were last season for number two. I mean, we showed it last year. We once you get into it, um, you know, we have that taste. We know what it feels like, and we we want to win it again. Um, simple as that. It's um, it's a pretty fun fun time to do. So um, we're looking forward to to getting back at her. Mike Sullivan was beaming yesterday, and why wouldn't he? This is a guy who uh, less than three years ago was an in-season replacement coach. He was the stuff you, you were throwing at the wall and hope that it would stick. Now he's going for a third straight championship less than three years later. I've thought a little bit about it in the offseason. You know, it's uh, sometimes I sometimes I just pinch myself to say, you know, to Uh-oh. say, did we really do this? You know, did we accomplish this? Because I have so much respect for the league and how hard it is to win. Uh, 
I'm just grateful for the opportunity that, that I've been given here by uh, Ron Burkle and Mario and Jim Rutherford and uh, David Morehouse. These guys have uh, given me a, a, a wonderful opportunity to work with a great hockey team. And so uh, I'm grateful for that opportunity. It's, uh, it's hard to win in this league. It's, uh, and, and we've got a great group of players that have been receptive to our message to this point. And, you know, we push them hard. We're going to continue to push them hard so that, that we can try to uh, continue to excel and do our very best on the ice. The visual was stunning. Uh, that everybody was eating on the veranda at Allegheny Country Club before the tournament. And Sullivan was speaking right in front of that little porch area. And behind him were the Rocket Richard Trophy, <laughs> the Prince of Wales Trophy, the Conn Smythe Trophy, and the Stanley Cup. Wow. And I saw our buddy Phil Pritchard, the keeper of the yeah. cup, and just said hello, thanked him again for coming in and giving us so much time that day that he did. And uh, when I left, I said, hey, Phil, see you next year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said to his memory, the cup has been Allegheny every time the Penguins have won it. I think they should just make Stanley a member. Uh, that would be a funny thing to do. Give him a locker. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Played golf five times there. Strap him into a cart, <laughs> drive him around. <laughs> Jul- <laughs> Coming up top of the hour, uh, Val Porter, what do you got going on? Well, is the current state of the country and politics affecting your relationship? We'll talk about that coming up. Uh, Mr. Wednesday, Jeff Conkle hanging out with us. A little bit later on this morning, Merrill Hodge. Frank Caliendo also uh, is going to read excerpts from Hillary Clinton's book as (laughs) Donald Trump. That'll be at 845 this morning on DVE. But I think we can all agree that Fudge Stripe is a horrible name for a cookie. It is. It's the DVE morning show. And underwear. Everything. (laughs) Mr. Uh, Wednesday, Jeff Conkle hanging out with us. New dad, Jeff Conkle. New uh, dad. Dad of uh, Casey, 10-pounder coming in. Look at you. Just a big one. Just pumping out boys, huh? There Just... might be a Conkle on a football team at some point in the next 100 years. <laughs> Who knows? Well, I was saying Casey uh, Casey Conkle's a great baseball name, not just because of the Casey. Sounds uh, like Casey Stengel. No, but just the, the alliteration, yeah. something about Casey Conkle up the bat, you know. Yeah. That's a, that's a great baseball Well, name. initially when I wanted to have kids, I wanted to have two twin boys and I wanted to put them in hockey, and I wanted them to be goons, and I was going to name them Lou and Stu, so that every time they did something goony, the crowd would go, Lou, Stu. <laughs> and so they would they would have a very vague moral calculator. You very, know? very specific incident yeah. that you're gearing their life yeah. toward. Maybe next year. Uh, have you ever been out to the Hoover Nam? No. Yep. You no. been there, Val? Yep. Well, for a lot of tourists to Las Vegas, that is a destination point when they uh, run out of money, I guess. But (laughs) a a guy from the U.K. went over there and was on a bachelor party. And this past weekend, he became the first person to survive a swim across the Hoover Dam. (laughs) Aaron Hughes. What? 28-year-old forklift driver had reportedly been partying 37 hours. He decided to jump into the water and swim across it. It was around 45, 40 degrees outside. We're on a stag do in Vegas. You know, it's a guy from Wales, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, stag a do. Stag yeah. do. He's like, you go to Vegas to have fun, don't you? We made the hangover look tame, he told the Daily Post. We were all just standing there, and I thought, <laughs> F it. I'm going for a swim. <laughs> all right. Uh, so wow. this guy. That is like an advertisement for his drug dealer. His friends. Yeah, this is. Is this not the most drug-induced uh, uh, you know, 
accomplished feat of strength. It's a miracle he made it through. Oh, it's ridiculous. He swam across the Colorado River. It took him a half an hour. And he said that he he admitted he felt, quote, knackered halfway across. (laughs) (laughs) He felt knackered, uh, but he knew he had to make it to the other side because he could feel the water pulling him towards the dam. As you know, you get to the dam part, well... You're he did much. it above where the dam yeah. is, not below. I mean, that's that's y- just stupid. Uh, uh, wow. He's like, I was sucked toward the wall and I had to swim hard. As the other side, at the other side, I was exhausted. Then I heard the police shout, handcuffed, arrested. Nevada police uh, uh, were on the scene. He made it across the water in front of the 726 foot structure. Of course, which you know the Hoover Dam to be. It's yeah, massive. Just it has to be just like, it's like wow, awe inspiring. He uh, got fined three hundred thirty bucks for jumping, diving, swimming from damp spillways or other structures. The forklift driver is only thought to have survived uh, as nine of the dam's ten turbines were switched off at the time. Oh, yeah. Think how much he'd be getting pulled in if it was firing on all cylinders. One officer said... Well, it does make a little bit more sense now that you say his occupation. He wasn't a doctor. No, he's not a brain surgeon. One officer said, in my whole lifetime, I've never seen or heard of anyone doing it. He He did say that his decision to jump in the water had been, quote, fueled by drink. Eh, fueled by drink. I think it was fueled by a few things. I feel like this is one of those decisions, like if you're on a bachelor party and you're like, hey, Reggie's going to jump in the Hoover Dam, you think it's really funny until like the first seven seconds after he's in there, you're like, he's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> right. Anybody want to guess how many people have died there in the last 10 years trying to do that? Uh, last 10 years. 17. Maybe 10. more. It's more. 20. It's way more. 275 oh, people have died news? at the site in the last 10 years. 30 people a year are dying at the Hoover Dam. That's a couple a month. How, how does do- that not make news? How, wait, how, like, so they're all doing what that idiot did successfully? I'm assuming it said 275 people died at the Hoover Dam. I don't know. Maybe people commit suicide there. Maybe, maybe you that can go out on a, it might be a Golden uh. Gate Bridge thing yeah i guess so it's a final destination and, and maybe that's why you don't hear about it oh that would be a bad way to go oh just the thought of it have uh. you guys ever gotten drunk and had like a surge of uh like an unbelievable feat of strength that you've accomplished oh yeah yeah no I, <laughs> me <laughs> and my buddies we always thing. go up to a cabin and it's sort of like like one day out of the year like we just go no wives or anything like that it's like you know male, male bonding we bring a you know wwe championship belt up and basically do like feats <laughs> of strength and i one time i we played like flip cup for like seven hours and all i remember is that at one point i did 24 pull-ups at, at one given point which is like marine level strength yeah. never ever have been able wow. to accomplish that ever again but i think the fact that i was like <laughs> hammered on gold schlag and had like seven of my high school buddies egging me on just like gave me that that extra yeah, push that's, oh. that's incredible that yeah testosterone that's... rush when you guys all get together yeah i uh i used to drink whenever i would drink tequila i would sort of just go off-roading and kind of black out and, <laughs> and then one morning i woke up with all this industrial equipment in my in my room <laughs> had no idea what it was from and then one day I, I took the tea home and got off at a different stop and walked past this construction site and was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I went in there and climbed a crane. 
just climbed it <laughs> almost all the way to the top. <laughs> so it all came flooding back to you when yeah. you saw the construction site. You're like, oh my god, I climbed. A oh crane. my god, I climbed that crane. Do you ever yeah. get? Sh- do you get by shut- myself? Like you- nobody was with me. Like I get shudders thinking about some of my extremely dangerous behavior. Like that would be one where even if I thought about it again, I'd get like. You know, the chills thinking about like how that could have gone horribly, horribly wrong. Oh my God. Especially now as a parent, I'm uh, thinking, what? Oh, how can I ever <laughs> tell them not to do anything? Yeah. I've done the dumbest things. Well, oh, I haven't tried to swim across the Hoover Dam. We did a lot of late night swimming, like on the lake in the summertime, and you're hammered. A lot of people would go out and you'd just jump out into the lake. See, yeah. I never did that because I grew up and saw Jason. So yep. there was no way I was ever going swimming at any lake when it was dark. Yeah, it was. I mean, well, did you have like spotlights out there? Or anything? No, no. I mean, so it was a lot of times it's dark. Like no, nah, but it's water. like moonlit on the lake if it's a, like a nice night. Yeah, you know, it was kind of like it's not light out, but you can see everything. Um, but there was a lot of that. There was a place called Bass Falls you could run and jump off of, and it was probably oh. like a twenty foot drop. Yes, into the water, but it was it requires awesome. you to run. A path coming out of the woods, yeah, and you had to know that that path ended, so it looked very spooky. So when you did it at night, it was like terrifying. You know, like not terrifying enough, guys. Let's do this at night. <laughs> we- well, because if you were underage, it was a good place to go, sure, and no adults would bother you while you were drinking Mickey's Big Mouth. My friends dragged <laughs> me to some. It was like a, a old abandoned quarry that would like fill up with tons of rainwater it was basically just like a jumping pool but it was huge it was like the size of this building basically and it was probably you know you could jump off of like 60 foot rocks like cliff those those things always terrified me well so you know we're first of all you have Hmm. to cross a one-way train trestle like a bridge so if that's like a quarter mile long so if a train comes you literally have to jump into a ravine and die or get hit by a train and die stand by me (laughs) then so we go we jump people are drinking like natty lights people are jumping off tree branches like falling in the water there's all sorts of like old train cars that are at the bottom of this thing so this is just asking for trouble is that the one past Belfont? I don't know I think it was called Blue Hole or something like that but uh then, so we somehow survive all the jumping, people falling off rocks and everything. And as we're coming back, we just hear gunshots and then just kept, <laughs> kept running. We're just like, I don't know what's going on back there, but let's just keep let's, let's keep running across this train trestle. Yeah, some sort of at-close-range uh, showdown going on. We used to jump off that bridge right as you come into Ohio Pow. We used to jump off that bridge <laughs> and then drift all the way down to there was like a rope whenever it started to get like little kind rocky of rapids and then you would grab onto the thing and pull yourself over cuz there was something on the other side i don't know if there was a like yeah. a straight up waterfall or yeah death yeah Th- this should yeah. be our also annual public service announcement don't go kayaking above any of the locks and dams no seriously Ever. don't no. do that seriously you know people get uh, i mean we People die every year there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's your list of things not to do when you're drunk. I I I I had older brothers and sisters, and they there had already been some near death experiences and some some terrifying things that kept me from the really scary stuff, like climbing and drinking in old grain elevators, like going up thirty. <laughs> yeah. God Almighty, that just gives me the willies. <laughs> I was thinking I know, about I that. Just... 
I just got that weird pea <laughs> shiver. What? Yeah. What? One just of the mention of grain elevator for some reason. Just yeah. My my cousin's uh, friend fell and and died, oh and it was God. like constantly driven into our heads. Like this stuff can happen to you, you know. And I was kind of felt like. Like it's, we're cavalierly using this person's life to teach us a lesson over and over. <laughs> like that was sometimes those parent scare tactics work because Definitely. my mom, my mom was uh, when she was a teacher, she was head of the uh, kids, you know, mad or mad like mother or whatever. The Mothers against, against drugs, but it wasn't even that. It was Students against the against dr- drug there or whatever it was. Oh, drug and I remember, like, even in sixth grade, my mom was like, you know, if you try ecstasy, the drug dealers will give you rat poison and you'll die. And to this day, never even every like people would be doing it at parties. I'd be like, "Nice try, buddy! Like you're not trying to poison me." That's when you have to turn to your mom and go, "Yeah, but did you ever get off on rat poison?" (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Wednesday, Jeff Conkle, congrats on the uh, newest edition. Congrats, man, to to your family and on being happy to be back and happy that uh, mom and uh, and brother are doing well as Mm -hmm. well. Val's got news coming up next. We're going to talk about how politics is affecting relationships. Merrill Hodge, 745, Frank Caliendo, 845, Mark Madden, 945. We're rocking the 45s. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.